Our second reading for today comes from Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. We have entered now the Joseph cycle in our traversing of Genesis throughout these last several weeks of uh, the summer. Background for this text, Joseph, the Joseph cycle in Genesis is an extensive, beautifully written piece full of suspense and, and emotion. The Joseph cycle stretches from chapters 37 through 50 of Genesis, and the plot goes like this. Joseph is the firstborn of Jacob's beloved wife, Rachel. As such, Joseph is much beloved by his father, Jacob, and is pampered and protected by Jacob, and even given a very vibrant, expensive coat or cloak uh, as a sign signifying Jacob's favoritism of, of Joseph. Joseph's coat, though, only serves to magnify the jealousy and hatred that his older brothers have for Joseph. To add insult to injury for his brothers, Joseph is a dreamer, as we found out in last week's sermon, and his dreams are dreams of dominance and power over his ten older brothers. The older brothers hate Joseph, we might say for very good reasons. They plot to kill Joseph, but end up selling Joseph to Ishmaelite traders passing through Canaan on their way south to sell goods in Egypt. The brothers take Joseph's cloak of many colors or his, uh, his, his vibrant cloak and stain it with goat's blood in an attempt to convince their father Jacob that Joseph is dead. Once in Egypt, the Joseph plot begins to thicken. He is sold as a slave to the house of Potiphar, the captain of Pharaoh's guard. Potiphar's wife makes sexual advances towards Joseph. Joseph refuses her, and she accuses Joseph of raping her. Potiphar has Joseph then thrown into prison, where for several years, Joseph distinguishes himself as an interpreter or reader of dreams. When Pharaoh has some nightmares that his diviners cannot interpret, Joseph is called out of prison to interpret Pharaoh's dreams concerning an impending severe famine. Because of his success interpreting Pharaoh's dreams, Jacob is put in charge of all of Egypt, including Egypt's preparation for this coming severe famine. Joseph distinguishes himself in leadership all across Egypt. The famine hits. It is a powerful, extensive famine causing people from all over uh, Palestine and other places to come to Egypt for food. And thus Jacob sends his sons from Canaan down to Egypt to buy food. Joseph recognizes them, but they do not recognize Joseph. Continuing to disguise himself, Joseph arranges an elaborate test to see if his brothers have changed in character. Ultimately, Joseph will detain Benjamin, his younger brother, born to Joseph's mother, Rachel. Judah offers his own life in exchange for Benjamin's, which apparently satisfies Joseph's need to see some character change in his brothers. Joseph is now ready to divulge his identity to his brothers. Listen now to the word of God as it comes to us from Genesis chapter 45, verses 1 through 15. Then Joseph could no longer control himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Send everyone away from me. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard it, 
and the household of Pharaoh heard it. Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still alive? But his brothers could not answer him. So dismayed were they at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, Come closer to me. And they came closer. He said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For the famine has been in the land these two years, and there are five more years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. God sent me before you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. So it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me lord of all Egypt. Come down to me, do not delay. You shall settle in the land of Goshen, and you shall be near me, you and your children and your children's children, as well as your flocks, your herds, and all that you have. I will provide for you there, since there are five more years of famine to come, so that you and your household and all that you have will not come to poverty." And now your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my own mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father how greatly I am honored in Egypt and all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, while Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, His brothers talked with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As we prepare to hear God's word, let's do so in prayer. Let us pray. Good and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There are three clauses in our text today around which the Joseph drama reaches its climax. These clauses have significant uh, importance for the Joseph cycle in Genesis, and these three clauses impact the rest of the biblical witness to God moving forward throughout the rest of the Bible. Thus, it is important that we pause and uh, sit with these clauses and ponder their impact. The three clauses are, I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Let's look at each three of these clauses. I am your brother, Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. We have been waiting for three long chapters now across the book of Genesis for Joseph to reveal himself to his brothers. The time has finally arrived and the language of disclosure is stunning. I am is none other than the language used in Scripture for the self-disclosure of God. 
Moses will later hear the self-disclosure of God's name in Exodus at the burning bush, I am who I am. The Babylonian exiles will hear in Isaiah, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last. Besides me, there is no God. In John's Gospel, Jesus will use I am statements as a as a window into His divine nature and purpose. I am the bread of life. I am the vine. I am the way, the truth, and the life. When Joseph reveals himself to his brothers using the I am statement, something deeply profound, even divine, is going on in this drama. With the Egyptians ordered out of the room by Joseph, leaving him alone with his brothers, the statement, I am your brother is deeply disturbing to the brothers, and yet at the same time, deeply redemptive. Joseph could have said, I am going to lock you up forever. I am going to torture you for all the years of neglect I suffered because you sold me into slavery. I am going to have you hanged for your dastardly deed. But no, I am your brother. Joseph. With this I am statement, Joseph is conveying conveying common blood and yet opening a redemptive way forward. I am your brother, Joseph. Joseph is pronouncing mercy where revenge is expected. I am your brother, Joseph. Joseph is, is offering forgiveness where retaliation is the norm. And that is the point. The norm in human relationships is revenge and retaliation, a a strike back by those who are struck. And this cycle of violence most often characterizes our human experience and history as the cycle goes round and around and around with, with violence and payback, violence and payback, violence and payback. But here, here, in the midst of the I am of reconciliation, The normal cycle of human violence and payback is broken. By pronouncing, I am your brother Joseph, instead of, I'm going to hang a lot of you, avenues of renewed relationship are open. I am your brother. Walls of of retaliation are torn down. I am your brother Joseph. Blockades of revenge are obliterated, and the result is possibility for a new future, possibility for a way forward, possibility of a new avenue to travel together as brothers, united in the common good. Joseph's second statement reads, And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves, because You sold me here. Imagine yourself one of the brothers of Joseph. Your little brother Joseph is your stepbrother. He is the son of your father's favorite wife, Rachel. And you? Well, you are a mixture of brothers from the same father Joseph, I mean from the same father Jacob, but with mothers ranging from the not-loved wife Leah to housemaids uh, Zilpah and Bilhah. You are a son of Jacob, no doubt, but 
Not a beloved son. Not a cherished son. Not the son upon whom the dotage and affection of the father rests. Thus, out of jealousy, one day you take matters into your own hands and fake the death of Joseph, sell him into slavery, and break your father Jacob's heart at the news you give him of his beloved Joseph's death. You are brothers of deceit. You are, therefore, brothers of lies. You are brothers of arrogance and revenge. Only now, the one you were certain was dead is alive. The one you were certain was gone is is very much present. The one you were more than happy to rid your lives of is now the only one who can save your lives. Expecting nothing short of a sentence of death from this father, Lord of Egypt, Joseph. Expecting nothing short of a sentence of death for your actions. You hear instead, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Put yourself in in the brother's place. Could you stand the sound of such grace? Could you believe such mercy? Could you accept such forgiveness? Where else, where, where else have we heard such grace, such mercy, and such forgiveness? In Luke's parable of the prodigal son, such, such mercy and forgiveness is truly uh, the offended father running, the offended father running to welcome the prodigal home. In our text from Matthew's gospel today, it is surely Jesus himself being given a needed reminder from the mouth of a Gentile woman that, that God's mercy and forgiveness reach even to the Gentile woman, and God's mercy and forgiveness surely are experienced by the disciples who abandoned Jesus on the cross, only to hear on Easter evening upon seeing the resurrected Jesus for the first time, peace be with you, he says to them. Peace be with you, he says to those who have abandoned him in his greatest need. As the Father has sent me, So I send you. Could you stand such forgiveness and mercy? Joseph insists to his brothers who had sold him years ago into slavery, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. No demand from Joseph, no no reckoning, no accounting, just sheer grace, sheer mercy, sheer forgiveness. The name Joseph means added by God. And surely at this point, the estranged, astounded brothers are indeed feeling that Joseph has added by God in their behalf. The third statement of Joseph that has such a profound effect on on the Joseph cycle in Genesis and the rest of the biblical witness is, is this statement. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Notice the emphasis God sent. Things are already in motion. God sent. Things are already moving toward God's fulfillment. God sent. Time and and history and thus Joseph and his brother's story are moving toward a culmination. 
in the good and just fulfillment that God intends or sends into human history. This is a profound statement of biblical faith that God's way is working its way in and through and around us. God's way is working sometimes with our decisions and sometimes against the decisions that you and I make, but always for God's gracious and noble end. The brothers act in jealousy and revenge and Joseph is sold into slavery, but God turned their jealous deed to a good purpose. Joseph is falsely thrown into prison for allegedly raping Potiphar's wife, but God used Joseph's imprisonment as a springboard for God's good purpose. A devastating famine brings suffering and and hunger across the Mediterranean basin, but God, God uses it to reunite the children of Jacob and to keep the promise alive that all the families of the world would be blessed through the family of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The actors in this drama never knew that something more profound and deep was was working its way out under and around and, and through their decisions. They were going about their lives, making their decisions, sometimes out of reasonableness, sometimes out of jealousy and and spite, and sometimes they were making decisions out of desperation for food. And yet all along, in and through and around their decisions, sometimes working with them and sometimes working against them, God was working God's way out. It is true that this text confirms that God's way is is hidden and mysterious. But biblical faith never flinches from the strongly held belief that God has a plan. God's plan is just and merciful. God's plan is sovereign. And in the end, God's plan will predominate. None other than Jesus tells us that God's plan can be trusted for our good because God is our Abba, our Father, our Daddy our great benevolent parent who is present, giving, our Papa, caring, heavenly parent. Our text from Genesis ends on this amazing note. And after that, his brothers talked with him. It is important to realize that in the end, Strong and enduring human relationships are built on the ability to talk, really talk to each other. Strong and enduring human relationships are founded on the ability to talk with each other, to hear the other, and the other hear you, to share with the other, and the other shares with you, to be vulnerable to the other as the other is vulnerable to you, to listen to what the other believes and to have the other listen to what you believe, as together you forge a common pathway forward. How could Joseph and his estranged brothers, terribly estranged brothers, how could Joseph and his estranged brothers get to such authenticity in their relationships that they hug each other? Well, I think 
by acknowledging that God has our best interest in mind. And that even when we cannot see it, God is working to bring good about in our lives. I believe that such a trust in God frees us to to be at peace with ourselves and with God. Such trust in God frees us to be at peace with ourselves and with God and thus teaches us who we truly are. I am Joseph, your brother. And trusting God and being at peace frees us to be constructive and generous and fair in our actions toward our neighbors. And now, do not be distressed or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. Can you imagine what would be possible in our lives and our nation in this world if we would follow Joseph as an example of how to relate in our human interactions? Can can you imagine what would be possible in these times, in our nation of, of strained political dialogue, in these times of blind ideological zeal, in these times of societal grievances and cultural challenges where we are pitted against each other, male against female, black against white, conservative against liberal, democrat against republican. Can you imagine what kind of outcomes would be possible for us, for this nation, for this world, if we would follow Joseph as our example? Trust God is working for the good in our time and across the pages of human history, past, present, and future. Be at peace because you are a child of this good and gracious God who is working His way out. Be at peace with that because you know that no matter how hard you try, you cannot have all the answers. Be at peace with this God who is working those answers out in and among and through us. And practice forgiveness and mercy towards your opponent or enemy instead of dead end, dead on arrival, retaliation and revenge. Because Joseph knew that forgiveness and mercy towards those who have wronged you is the only path forward into the goodness God intends for all His children. If we trust God has a plan, find our true peace in this God, and practice forgiveness and mercy toward our estranged brothers and sisters, then maybe... Just maybe, we can arrive at this point in our relationships. And Joseph kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. And after that, his brothers talked with him. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.